I was diagnosed with kidney cancer and my wife was pregnant. And I looked up and I'm like, God, like, you know, why again, you know? But like, my wife was pregnant. Like, that motivation was like, I have to get through it. Once I thought about it one time, it never changed to be like kidney cancer and then like one of the remove the whole kidney. I said, look, I have a kid, you know, so they went and did part of it. And uh, it was an amazing journey. And like that one came back really quick, but it was physical. And I was used to more physical things being an athlete. This one's mental. again to another episode of One Starfish, where our mission is to change the world one starfish or one person at a time. Um, as always, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, all the things, get the word out. Excited for our guest today, Paul Swift is from Wisconsin. He runs a business called Cycle Point into bicycling. Um, yeah. If you're watching this on YouTube, he's got a lot of American stuff in the background for, you know, this Canadian <laughs> girl. Um, but it's really cool. So I'm sure we'll dig into that today. But welcome to the show, Paul. Oh, thank you. Good morning, Angela. It's a privilege to be here. Um, thank you for uh, seeking me out and uh, looking forward to uh, hanging out here for a little while here. <laughs> Sounds good. So tell us a little bit about what got you into, I mean, you were saying there's a bicycle track. You were telling me a little bit before the show, but yeah. tell us a little bit what got you into bicycling. Um, and then you said you traveled a lot and then there's been some shifts as far as where you're going. <laughs> tell us about those shifts and, and um, yeah. you know. Well, I... <laughs> Well, thank you. I've definitely had some challenges like many of us have had. And I think you can attest for that more than uh, a lot of people. Um, but growing up in Wisconsin and um, my hometown just happened to have a bicycle track. So it is where like you tell your parents where you're going to go hang out. So that kind of, you know, the the location, everything lent itself to that. I did everything else as a kid, the baseball, football, those things. But my brother was always much better than me at all those sports. And um um, I borrowed a bicycle actually to start my first bike race. And within two years, the next thing I knew, I was invited to uh, a training camp at the U.S. Olympic Training Center. And from that, I was invited to actually move and live there and be a permanent resident at the U.S. Uh, OTC, we call it. And so I left home in high school and uh, cycling has taken me all around the world. I've been able to wear the red, white, and blue a lot. I've trained with a lot of Canadians, too. I have some very good Canadian friends that I raced bicycles with. Uh, Kurt Arnett might be a big name that some Canadians would know. Um, and uh, then uh, my biggest thing is I have one that probably led me into where I'm in. I'm still being in the bicycle business is I have one leg a little bit shorter than the other one. And when I say a little, uh, you know, it ended up being a little over a centimeter. And when you race and train at the elite level and you really were trying to fine tune that, especially on a bicycle, that difference was something that really, it made a big difference. And um, there really wasn't, well, I started in the eighties. So I'm dating myself and there wasn't a lot of, uh, you didn't really know where to go to address that. Right. And my sort of digging into that and fabricating and changing pedals and shoes and things led me into bike fitting. I started a company called bikefit.com that I sold uh, recently, but um, that led me into my career after cycling. So that gave me something to do. And I developed a bunch of products along that line. And then somehow I got in the fitness thing too and did a bunch of stationary indoor cycling stuff. So I, my latest product is uh, for the Peloton bike. Yeah. Awesome. So, so tell us about like, um, what, you know, you got into all this bike stuff and all of that kind of stuff. What were some of the challenges that you had to overcome as you got into that? And, <laughs> you know, tell us, give us some tangible tips wow. that might help some listeners. Well, um, I was a fat kid and, uh, it, 
um, as one of my defense mechanisms is I just didn't let people see me. I didn't let them know that it hurt and I never let them see my tears. Mm -hmm. And um, so I harnessed that, I guess you could say, and wanted to just do better than people and beat people. And sports was a good outlet for me, even though when I was often into sports, I was a little bit heavier. Uh, sports eventually, uh, by the time I got to junior high and did wrestling where I really lost some weight, um, just pushed me. It was my outlet. It was where I let my pain go. Um, and there's a lot of good that helped me throughout my career, not let people know what you feel like. Because when you're racing at the elite level, it doesn't matter how you feel. You just have to go fast. doesn't matter, you know, what happens to you in your life or what's going on. That other person just wants to, you know beat the crap out of you and uh that that's sports and so uh that that served to me pretty well uh in a lot of areas but then being on my own forever that also then was very challenging in the domestic side of things and uh, my approach to life and i've had to redo that i've had to re sort of look at that part of my life and i feel like i'm back in training again. i've never worked hard on myself uh in my 50s now than than even when i was an elite athlete and just life and people in general so one of the reasons i met you actually enjoyed arte <laughs> and and what got you started with arte like what yeah what you know it's there? um I, I i definitely you know i listened to uh the mfceo project annie facilla and uh december 19th of 2020 a truck ran a red light and almost killed me uh i saw in my notes in my recovery i had a pretty significant traumatic brain injury i saw in some of my notes it was like join Arate. And I honestly don't remember when I wrote that. I don't remember a lot about that. And, um, but as I was putting my life back together and my rehab and recovery for that, I was like, well, I'm gonna join Arate. And I have to admit my first few months in there, I was still pretty lost. Uh, uh, and, um, but I know I kept, I knew that I kept notes for a reason, you know, I knew that I would write certain significant things down and, you know, I still live with a notebook <laughs> every day. It really sucks when I misplace it, but, uh, my drive, you know, came back, uh, a little bit of unknown at times was still there, but then you have to regain your faith and realize if you're going to pick your foot up, it's going to land on the ground and you're going to continue to go forward. Now, maybe you're going to have to alter along the way, which we all have to do. I think you can attest for some of that uh, more than anybody is um, it, it's been, it's been it's a really quick journey uh, in one hand and it's been really, really slow on the other hand. It's going to be two years in a couple of days. <laughs> two years for, for what part? For my accident. Yeah. For my accident. Wow. That's awesome. And <clears throat> so, as you went through some of this stuff, did you have associations? Obviously, you decided to join Arte. Were you reading mm -hmm. a lot? Were you listening to audio? Like, is that how you yeah. got introduced to even like Ed and Andy and um, well, and all of that stuff? It a couple different things were happening. Um, I listened. I, I didn't know much about Ed at all. Um, I had heard of him, of course, you know. Uh, and and now today, I listen to him a lot more. But um, at the time, I was also listening to a lot of Gary V. and for my sort of recovery and rehab and I had just sold my business, um, I decided I was as part of my recovery and rehab, I was going to give everything away I had for free. And so for, and I said a year and I did it for a year and a half. Uh, 
Um, and the part of my rehab was hanging out on forums and Facebook and things. And I decided to mostly hit people that work on Pel- in the ride Peloton bikes and deal with their biomechanics and their comfort and developing products for it. And so then recently I finally dropped the podcast with something called the clip out, which is very large in Peloton. I'd put a whiteboard together, which is a little bit off. You can't quite see it. And, um, I was hitting every target and I was like, okay, you're, you're doing the right things. I had to, had to do so much. Uh, I still go once a week to neurotherapy. I do a lot of feedback. I do some brain stuff and I have combined a lot of crazy things. Um, but this time it's to be a much better person as well. And so the Arte thing, what drew me in was my level. I thought I had good customer service. I really did. And I had some pretty good reviews, but my customer service has gone up a whole nother level and what people have said and the feedback. And that's what kept driving me because the money really, it went. And, uh, but having the faith and it was a lot of Gary V, a lot of Andy of just sticking the course. And I, I'm like, I'm like this part of my business right now. It's like right here starting to like, but it was a lot of this. And, um, um, for those and, that are, are listening in, his hand uh, goes straight and then it goes up. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. I forgot that we're not necessarily, uh, um, and I've done that before. We're not, we're <laughs> it's both. more of a podcast. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm at the curve where it's starting to finally go up and, uh, it was, um, you know, I, I've been on my so-called deathbed once or twice before, uh, twice actually. And, uh, but this one has been the most significant because of my brain and, and it's still daily. Like the last week has been challenging again, but you listen to people like Andy who deal with some mental you know, challenges. It's like, you, you have to move on. You can't use it as your excuse. It's just, what was, you, you know, this, it was what was dealt to me. Therefore it's what I have to deal with. And, uh, I'm finding it. more and more the gift in it, you yeah, know, you get give, give away. Yeah, you give away what you don't have or what you're missing, and it comes back to you. So in dealing with some of the mental stuff, you mentioned Andy and dealing with, um, like, he had more depression and stuff like that. Is that mm-hmm. something you deal with? Or is it more just trying to get back from like a bad traumatic brain injury? Um, a little bit of both. Yeah, I, I don't think I deal much with depression. But what I deal with... Uh, it's pretty wild how they can look at your brain and, and target different areas and things. And one of my biggest areas was uh, organization that was completely scrambled, uh, mm-hmm. sticking on task, getting things done. I can get them done and I like bing, 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 but like being focused in which I like, you know, listening with the, the RT and Andy getting my like. The more I, the days that I could really keep a focus, I could get a lot done. But I, I deal with a lot of that. Uh, then the section of my brain that sort of can become hyperactive. I had about four or five months of nobody could be, the buzz was so strong that nobody could be around me. I was just, zing, I was wired up like, and uh, I was getting a lot done, but I was like the bull in the china shop. And then other parts like spatial awareness. I still have some challenges with that. I, I imagine you could relate to me a little bit. Um, I still trip on things. I, my right foot drags a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. so I finally had, you know, with my therapists and different from, from my brain to my body, I went and like took a step class the other day for the first time in, you know, like ooh, a couple of years, but, um, and realized I only like missed a step once. So when I'm under direction, I'm pretty good. But when I just want to get up and go pick up that cup of coffee, I like You're hit not the table. thinking about it. You have to think. Yeah, yeah I totally where, hear you there. Where that used to be like, my God, I was this amazing athlete. Even though I'm older, I could was pretty agile for a big dude. 
that has been a challenge. And so I, uh, working on that. Um, yeah. So it's not those things definitely can get me down, but, um, you know, I have so three how do kids. You- so yeah. let's talk about some of those challenges. So how do you deal with that? Because I, I totally do understand that. Um, yeah. But everyone deals with it differently. I know mm-hmm. I felt the same way. I felt my legs were taken out from under me. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how to handle it. I had to really work through a lot of stuff. So what mm-hmm. is it? Where do you find your strength in all of that? Like, uh, are you do you have beliefs in a, in a higher power? What are, you know, some of your yeah. family? Like, where do you find some of your strengths so that, because there's well, people that maybe they aren't going through it right now, but you know what? Yeah. Things happen fast and you never know when you're going through something like this that you feel your strength is not there anymore. And um, things that get you through those days. Well, like when I first got married, um, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer and my wife was pregnant and uh, I, and I had been on my deathbed once before. Um and I looked up and I'm like, God, like, you know, why again? You know, but like my wife was pregnant, I'm like that motivation was like, I have to get through it. Like, like it, there was once I thought about it one time, it never changed to be like uh, I had kidney cancer. And then like one of the with the whole kidney, I said, look, I have a kid. You know, so they went and did part of it. And uh, it was an amazing journey. And like that one came back really quick, but it was physical. And I was used to more physical things being an athlete. This one's mental. Uh, now, granted, there's the physical part of my spatial awareness, uh, but I still have to work my brain a lot. Uh, I don't know. My my, I've had traumatic brain injury. I've had domestic challenges. I live in a basement now, um, but most of my life is getting better. Uh, you know, my wife had had enough and I get it. You know, so I did things like man on fire. Uh, I went I've never done. I just went and worked on myself. I've never done that. So when I did the giveaway for free, I went to a couple seminars. I did join Arte. I went to Man on Fire, which is one of the biggest ones I could ever have done to work at. The guy's like, look, you got to work on yourself. And I, and I never really thought of it that way, even though I always had done it. And it was um, and it wasn't done in an egotistical way. It was done in a way of like, I have to work on myself. I'm more important than that. I'm worthy of this. A lot of talk like that and being around other men in particular that also hold me to the fire like iron sharpens iron uh like i'm in a group of man on fire and like you know if my language isn't right they'll point it out if this isn't right and it's to help you rise up Mm. those are things i never could have thought of when i was younger and i'm not so sure the world had this you know for guys to talk to other guys about sensitive things and work on yourself at that level so i have a group of guys i go to every day i check in with and that when i'm not there i hear somebody else's stuff and i and you know it's like when you give you get out of your head for a little bit you start to rise and mm-hmm. it's the constant giving so a lot of gary v a little bit of andy a lot of been a man on fire and whatever do i think there's something there yeah i do i think there's something there i'm a you know i'm a canadian you know like i liked a lot the i like to listen a lot of jordan peterson i read his books <laughs> right Oh, that's really cool. So where do you see, where do you want this to go? What's your vision for the next, let's say three to five years? Well, I, um, <clears throat> there's a couple things I developed in the, in the bicycle industry. And my focus primarily was anywhere you touch a bike or any interface. And I did a lot with the foot pedal interface and that connection and biomechanics. And then I did a lot. I introduced to the market a product called the switch it or the saddle changer. And you could flip a lever and take a bike seat off and flip a lever and put a bike seat on. It's kind of like if you're to go to the store and buy a pair of shoes, I'm sure you've done that. You ever step your foot in a little device, that little metal thing is called a Brannock device. And then they bring out a pair of shoes for you to try. Well, 
they don't just walk you to the front door and out the door. You usually put those shoes on mm-hmm. and try them. And it's right. often not the first pair you try. Well, in the bike industry, um, bike seats are like, oh, this one's good or my friend likes it. And I developed this product that has been sold all around the world on changing bicycle seats quickly. But what I discovered throughout all of this was I could change a bicycle seat on a person and they changed completely. Their posture changed, their behavior changed, their function changed. And as I did this, I've probably changed more bicycle seats than anybody on the planet. If someone else has done that, they've done a lot. And I just, when I, I thought one day I'm helping all these other companies, like what I discovered what shapes most people function best with. I've discovered, and I said, I'm going to start a saddle company. So I actually have a Canadian partner, uh, Dave Howells out of BC, uh, Canada, BC bike fit. And I have a saddle company being launched. Um, and everything we've tried, people are like, wow, people like them. I'm like, well, all we did was like, try them bike seats and i don't i don't understand what my industry did but they didn't anyway i decided to take all that knowledge and use it and so i have one of my best customers who was a teacher for me and we're like look these we got 80 some saddles on here but these four are the ones that sell so we took those shapes and we're making those so i want to change the way the industry buys a bike seat um it's the number one it's the most intimate part that touches our body uh i'll still connect with the foot pedal interface and some pebble stuff. And then on the Peloton bike, um, I want to be like the, the number one place anyone goes to take their indoor stationary bike and make it better for like example, on the Peloton bike. Oh, it depends on your height, but it could be five, six, could be five, four, could be taller. Uh, the bike was built too long. And so I have this product to bring in the handlebars. And then again, I have a gentleman down the street. He's 71. He's six, six, one, but he can't bend forward anymore. So I want to be the go-to, um, I just launched that. I'm going to launch something and for the crank arms. Uh, I want to be the number one go-to anywhere on a stationary bike. Something's not right. You come to me and uh, I want to have the number one saddle company in the world. Love it. That's so awesome. Well, giving back. Thank you. <laughs> That's really cool. I love it. So um, this is a, it's a crazy story. If you have ear into bikes, make sure you reach out to this, this guy. We'll make sure we put links in the show notes and all of that kind of good yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, before we wrap up, I always ask three final questions and then anything that we didn't touch on that you mm-hmm. think would be really valuable to our to our listeners. Um, mm-hmm. First final question is someone's looking for their purpose. What is one sentence that you would say that could help them find it? You look for what you feel like you didn't have in life and you give it away and it becomes your gift. That's good. Uh what is your favorite quote and why? You know, I, maybe like you too, I write down a lot of quotes all the time. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm not sure if I could pick a favorite one right now, but. Um, What's one that comes to mind? Right now? But one that comes to mind, I always say 20 letters, 10 words. If it is to be, it is up to me. I love that. And number three, what's one word or sentence you want on your gravestone? <laughs> dude <laughs> i'm just a dude you know i like people like like how you do all this stuff and like engineers or this or that i'm sitting down i'm like i'm just a dude who loves this stuff so maybe maybe the word is passion but to me being a dude is passion <laughs> i love that it's so awesome all right so you run into someone in a coffee shop paul and they listen to the podcast what's one thing that yeah. maybe you didn't we didn't touch on that you just think you know is really important for our listeners to hear well um i i feel like 
life and bicycles can often go together. We are off the bike like we're on the bike and vice versa. And anybody that rides a bicycle, because um, people ask me, they're like, well, so what is a bike fit? And I have a very different definition than most people in my industry. I said, a bike fit is whatever you want it to be. And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, well, if I want to ride to the coffee shop with my friend, I want the the bike ride to be up my, my conversation, my friendship, getting to the coffee shop, enjoying that coffee. I don't want to think about the bicycle. If I am racing and I've worked from the Tour de France or whatever, if I'm in a bike race and you're racing and you have to think about racing, I want you not to think about the bike at all and think about your race. So that's my goal is anybody who rides a bike, whether it's to the grocery store or to that, my goal is to make that sort of bicycle disappear or blend into whatever your life is. So you don't have to think you're at some sort of level to like, well, I'm not this, I'm not that. It's okay. It's, it's great mode of transportation. It's a great thing of fitness. Um, I just want you to enjoy it. So uh, my goal is that everyone experience the ultimate joy and wonder cycling i love that so cool um as always listeners make sure to rate review subscribe follow like i said we'll have paul's information in the show notes reach out to him on on social media or or whatever and um ask him any questions that you have as always let's go out there let's change the world one starfish or one person at a time together if we could change one starfish at a time we can change the world thank you so much for being on paul thank you angela my pleasure 